What's up, guys? It's Eric from Fantasy Sports HQ here to break down the UFC card this weekend, headlined by the former champion, Junior Dos Santos versus the former title challenger, Derek the Black Beast Lewis. And before we dig into this card, I just want to say the biggest favorite in this card is only minus 210. And we usually almost never see that. And I mean, we always have favorites in like minus 400, minus 500, minus 800. Um, so all 26 fighters on this card have a path to victory, which is going to make it very, very tricky whether you're going to bet fights or play on DraftKings this week. So please go light. And on DraftKings, I'm just using this as an example. Let's say you usually have five bucks in play for MMA. I highly suggest this week that you max out the 25 cent GPP, which is a 20 max. There's, like I said, every fighter in this card has a path to victory, and there's so much variance here that only making a couple lineups isn't going to cut it this week, in my opinion. And I would honestly stay away from betting any fights this week. Um, and that's just my two cents on that. So let's dig into this DraftKings card. We're going to start off, I usually start off with the prelims first and work my way to the main event. We're going to go opposite this week. So we're going to start off in the main event. We have Junior Dos Santos at a price of 9,400 versus Derek Lewis at a price of 6,800. And I am going to say that Junior Dos Santos is going to be my pick to win this fight. Um, he's a much more well-rounded fighter, much more disciplined fighter. He's a better athlete. He's beat the better fighters. He's fought better competition, more experience, better cardio. He's just not as durable as Derek Lewis, and that's the issue in this fight. Um, I think Junior Dos Santos, as we've seen in recent fights, he loves that jab to the body. And I really think he's going to utilize it in this fight because, as we know, Derek Lewis hates taking body shots. And I think that's going to be the beginning of the end for Derek Lewis. I think Junior Dos Santos drops him with body accumulation of body shots and then finishes with ground and pound. Um, at his price in 9,400, he's probably going to need 115 points. He can get it. I don't know how likely it is. I think he's more likely Junior gets around 100-ish to 110. Which, I mean, that's still good. It's not going to hurt you. Um, but he is the most expensive on player on the slate at 9400 So just keep that in mind. And for Derek Lewis at 6800 I don't give him much of a chance in this fight at all. Except, what does Junior Dos Santos do in all his fights that gets him in trouble? He loses his footwork once he gets past that black line and he gets caught up against the cage. We've seen him get brutalized by Kane that way. Overeem caught him that way, and Stipe put his ass to sleep in that same way. And Junior's never fixed that, and I honestly don't think he ever will. And that is Derek Lewis's path to victory. It's to force Junior Dos Santos up against the cage, and if he lands one blow against the cage, he's going to knock Junior out. Uh, so obviously at Derek Lewis's price of 6800 he's in play for GPP too. But he has no floor at all, at all. I mean, if he loses his fight, he's probably going to score five points max. Um, the next fight is Curtis Melender versus Elizo Dos Santos. And at first I was on Curtis Melender, but I really have a feeling that Elizo Zilesia Dos Santos uses his grappling game here because he's going to be at a major reach advantage on the feet, and I don't think his wild strikes are going to work against a technical lanky striker uh, like Curtis Melender. But saying that, Dos Santos has a huge wrestling advantage, a huge submission advantage. And so if he gets his fight to the ground, like, he should dominate. The concern with Dos Santos is he gets rocked in most of his fights. And he is good at surviving, but he is kind of chinny. And I think if Curtis Melinder cracks him with a straight punch or a head kick that he's great at, I think Curtis gets the finish. 
Um, my favorite, my preferred play on DraftKings is Dos Santos because he has more upside. And Curtis Melender in his last two wins, decision wins, he's only scored 70 DraftKings points and 55 DraftKings points, and that's just not going to cut it. So he really needs to finish if he's going to be a worthwhile player on DraftKings. Uh, so the pick isn't going to be Eliza Zaleski Dos Santos by, I'll say unanimous decision. Uh, the next fight, I have no interest at all for DraftKings. It's Ben Rothwell versus Blagoja Vanov. It'll just be a sloppy, slow-paced heavyweight fight. Usually doesn't score well for DraftKings. Both guys are durable, so I don't see a finish. The next fight is Benil Dariush versus Drew Dober. And I was very heavy on Benil Dariush earlier in the week because he's better everywhere this fight goes besides pure punching power. He has unbelieving, unbelievable Brazilian jiu-jitsu, solid wrestling, great technical striking. But the issue with Benil Dariush is always his glass chin. We know he can get put out with a gust of wind. Uh, 1926, p But And we've seen from Drew Dober recently, he's used to be known as a guy that had no punching power. But in the last three fights, all of a sudden he's sleeping fools left and right. I think the change of camps has helped him a lot, actually. I think he's finally learned to sit down and torque his hips and rotate his body into his punches instead of throwing arm punches. Um, Benil Darius did an interview the other day where he said he knows his chin can't handle the top fighters in the UFC anymore and that he should probably retire soon. And when I heard that, that scared the living bejesus out of me. You don't want to hear that from a guy that's about that's two days away from a fight. In the fight, he should dominate. It scares the death out of me here. Because um, if Drew Dober does connect, he will knock Benil Dariush out. Trust me on that. I am going to pick Benil Dariush to win. I think he wins by decision. I think he can get a sub. But if he he has brain fart sometimes where he just wants to strike, and if that happens here, uh, Drew Dober is going to knock him out. And at Drew Dober's price is seventy four hundred, with KO being his only path to victory. Of course, he's in play on DraftKings. And Benil Dariush at nine thousand. Doesn't have the highest upside in the world, but if he uses his grappling in this fight, he should be able to score well. And I do like him in GPP as well. Uh, so the pick is Benil Dariush. But like I mentioned with that interview I heard the other day, I am not confident in him at all anymore. And he was my most confident pick of the week earlier in the week. Uh, the next fight in the card is Sergio the Panther Marais versus Anthony Rocco Martin, formerly known as Tony Martin. And Tony Martin's really made drastic improvements, especially to his striking game. He has a piston of a right hand that I think he's finally figured out is his best punch now, that he's been cracking people with left and right. Has a really sneaky head kick, has good cardio, really good offensive grappling. And so if he's facing a fighter where that struggles with those skills, he'll dominate them. But this is a really, really tricky matchup for him here against Sergio Moraes, who's a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world champion. And because of his Brazilian high-level Brazilian jiu-jitsu skills, uh, Marais doesn't give a shit about taking down, getting taken down. He doesn't defend him at all. And I think there's a chance. Well, Sergio Marais, he's just throwing hay- haymakers left and right. There's nothing technical about it. He's throwing haymakers because he doesn't care about his positioning for defending the takedown. He wants to be on the ground. Because of that, he does hurt a lot of his opponents. And Anthony Martin has and can get dropped in almost every one of his fights that I've seen. There's only been one where he wasn't dropped. And I think there's a good chance that happens here. And if Rocco Martin gets dropped, he's going to get submitted immediately. Um, 
So Rocco Martin really needs the forces to stay a long technical striking kickboxing match at his distance. If he starts striking at Marais's distance and Marais can start causing a brawl, I think Rocco Martin is going to lose his fight devastatingly. Um, I am really high on him as a fighter in general, and I like the move to 170 because he was cutting way too much weight at 155 pounds. Um, but he has no upside at all for DraftKings. Anthony Martin doesn't at his price in now in thousand. I mean, all his wins are usually, besides two fights where he scored well, all his fights are usually in the 60 to 70 to 80 range max. He has some 50s and 40s in there too. And that, at his price, that will kill you. you I mean, I'd rather my 9K fighter lose than score 50 points. And because he won't be grappling this fight, he's going to score shit unless he gets a KO. And I don't see that happening. So I have no interest in Anthony Martin on DraftKings. He's actually going to be my fate of the night. And it's just solely based on that he has no upside, especially for that price. Like, he's not going to, you're not going to win a GPP with him. Um, and Marais is the much, much, much better DraftKings player. His salary is 7000 Um, The next fight I don't have a ton of interest in for DraftKings. It's Yana Kunitskaya versus Marion Renault. Uh, Marion Renault gets taken down in every fight, and then she doesn't even try to get up. So I'll just try to look to lock up a triangle choke. And if she gets that, great. But if she doesn't, she has no real other course of action or plan B. And I think that's what's going to happen here is that Yana Kunitskaya is going to be too big too strong, too athletic, too young. Uh, Marion Renault's getting older now. She's not training as much. Doesn't have the best cardio, as we know, as horrific takedown defense. And if I'm Yona Kunitskaya, as soon as I get the takedown, I can't be hanging out in Marion's guard else. She's going to get triangle choked. As soon as Kunitskaya gets a takedown, she's going to have to immediately pass to half guard or side control, where she'll be in a safe position, where she can either just control the position or land some possible ground and pound and look for her own sub. Uh, so the pick is Yana Kunitskaya to win by decision, but I don't have a ton of interest in either fighter in DraftKings. Uh, the next fight is Grant Dawson versus Julian Arosa. And I am going to pick Grant Dawson to win this fight. He's a much better grappler, has brutal ground and pound, great submissions. Uh, he is very green, and he doesn't have good fight IQ. And with Julian Arosa's shortcomings as his chin and just his overall durability, he is a very solid technical fighter, guys. I know he gets a lot of shit because that he gets finished a lot. But Julian Arosa is a good technical fighter. He just has no durability, and he doesn't have the athleticism you need to compete in the UFC. Um, so I think he is live in this fight, believe it or not, but I wouldn't roster him unless I'm making over 10 lineups. And for Grant Dawson, just based on pure upside, just based on pure upside alone, He's probably my favorite play on the slate because he's going to be looking for takedown after takedown. And then once he gets to the ground, it's nonstop ground and pound until he either A, sleeps you, or then goes for the submission. Uh, and so because of that, he is my favorite play on the slate. And that's just based on upside and nothing else, not his overall talent or anything like that, because he is still very green. And as we've seen in recent weeks, there's been a lot of green fighters who have made their UFC debut that have kind of, the big lights have gotten to them and they've just kind of shit in the bed. And I think there's a small chance that it is here, but his upside at his price is too good to pass, in my opinion, making him the best GPP on the slate, if not one of the best GPP slates. Uh, the next fight, I don't have much interest for DraftKings. It's a rematch of a fight last year. It's Jeff Hughes versus Maurice Green. And Jeff Hughes dominated that fight, uh, mostly just with takedowns and wrestling. He did rock Maurice Green in that fight also on the feed. 
I mean, I know a lot of people are high on Jeff Hughes. They think he'd be a top 10 heavyweight. I do not. I think he's very generic. I think he's like okay everywhere. He's good wrestling, serviceable striking, average power, decent durability, good cardio for a heavyweight, which is always nice. And he is also trains with Stipe Miocic, who was the former champion and one of the best heavyweights of all time, if not the best heavyweight of all time, uh, which is always a plus. So he's getting good looks. He's getting good training. And also, I don't know if you guys watched Wayne's today, but Maurice Green looked, holy shit, horrifically out of shape, like straight Roy Nelson gut. And he used to be the super tall, long, lanky guy. I don't know what happened in the last couple months. He does have a very public drinking problem. So I have a good feeling he fell off the wagon and he's just been binge drinking, eating shit, and not training. Because when I, I know he said he looks god awful, but that would be that's not even doing justice to how bad he looked. So if you guys have time, please a either go watch a weigh-ins or just Google a pic of Maurice Green from the weigh-ins today because it's very shocking. And when you see that, there should be no way in hell you want to touch him on DraftKings bets anything. Uh, so the pick is Jeff Hughes to win by. TKO, um, and it's priced at 9,300. It makes it hard. He's going to need 115, 120. I don't think he gets that. I think it's more likely it's 100, 110 in a win. Um, but on this slate being so tricky, I think that's going to be more than fine. Uh, the next fight is Luis Smolka versus Matt Snell. And this is a very tricky fight. I think both fighters have great pass to victory here. Luis Smolka has very tricky grappling. He excels in scrambles, uh, really solid submissions. Uh, decent cardio, nonstop takedowns if he can get them. But he has no durability at all, and he has horrible fight IQ. He's always putting himself in poor positions on the feet and on the ground. Um, and so that's a concern against a guy like Matt Schnell, who I was not high on at all in the past, but he's actually shown some improvements in the last couple of years, especially with his pure boxing. Um, and I think that could come into play here because – Luis Smolka gets tagged up on the feet by everybody, even scrubs in the regional scene after he was cut by the UFC a couple of years ago. He was getting tagged on the feet by everybody until he got the takedowns. And if Luis Smolka does get the takedown here, I think there's a very good chance he finishes with submission. And if you look at Luis Smolka fights on DraftKings, they always score well. Whether he wins or his opponent wins, those fights always score well. So this is one of the top fights to target on DraftKings. Oh, boy. I keep flip-flopping on this fight, so don't take this prediction that seriously. I'm going to pick Luis Smolka. I think he can take Matt Schnell down because I've seen Matt Schnell taken down multiple times. And I'm going to pick him to win a unanimous decision. But I think it's very likely this fight goes the other way. This is a pure 50-50 fight if I've ever seen one. Uh, the next fight I have no interest in is Alex Morano versus Zach Otto for DraftKings, so we can skip that. The pick is going to be Alex Morano to win. The last fight of the night, we have Alex White versus Dan Moret. And for Alex White, he comes in at a price of 8400 and basically with him, it's KO or bust. He has no takedown defense at all. And it's always drove me crazy with him because he is a very, very, very talented kid um, and has really slick striking. But he says he has no takedown defense at all. And once he's on his back, he has no get-up game. He just looks completely lost. Um, and he's honestly, he doesn't have the best chin in the world, as you can tell. As he was cracked by goddamn Jim Miller in his last fight. I know Jim Miller's a great fighter, but he's way past it, and he has 
multiple health issues, and he's not the same fighter he used to be. So that's a horrific look for Alex White getting brutally dropped and then choked out in 45 seconds in his last fight by a guy who should probably be retired. Um, and Alex White always has issues with grapplers. Always. Every single fight he's faced a grappler, he's had issues. He looks good for spots, but then eventually the nonstop grappling just kind of takes over the fight. And I, th- I think it's mental with him. I think he just shrinks mentally when he realizes that he's getting taken down left or right, and he just, just kind of checks out of the fight. Um, I could be wrong, but that's just what I see from him. And with Dan Moret, all he does, forward aggression, forward pressure, throw haymakers. He, I don't, he actually has some decent striking. He was hanging with uh, Gilbert Burns. He was beating him, actually, until he got slept in that fight. But Burns was a horrible matchup for Moret. But Moret, it's forward pressure, forward aggressions, and then nonstop takedowns, and then look for the submission. And that's all really his game consists of. Um, and that might be good enough here because as we talked about, Alex White has no line of defense for the takedowns or submissions. And I think there's a chance he's a little gun shy here after being embarrassed by Jim Miller in his last fight. Um, so I'm going to pick Dan Moret to win this fight by sub. He's my preferred play to DraftKings because he's cheaper in the mid-7Ks. But both guys are good GPP plays because they're live to a finish. That's the only way I see them winning this fight. Uh, so the pick is Dan Moret, Moray, whatever his name is, by submission. Uh, but Alex White is live to the KO win. And at his price, 8400 on DraftKings, that would probably get him close to the optimal lineup in that price range. Uh, so, of course, he's in play. <coughs> Excuse me. Guys, like we mentioned to start this off, the biggest favorite on the card has only minus 215. So basically all these fights but one are toss-ups. So please make a bunch of GPP lineups. I would stay away from the bets this week and just enjoy the card and let whatever happens is going to happen. These cards tend to usually get pretty crazy and go off the rails. Um, but I, like I said, there is some actually really good DraftKings play on this card. Uh, the cheat sheet will be out later tonight or tomorrow morning, so keep an eye for that in the MMA chat room. And for all you guys who are guys and gals who aren't members, please give us a follow on Twitter at DFS headquarters. Once again, that's at DFS headquarters. Please give us a like and a follow on Twitter. We're the best DFS group out there. We're, we're not a group or a family. We're $20 a month. We cover every DFS sport you can imagine. We have private one-on-one coaching, private chat rooms, podcasts, videos, projections, cheat sheets analytics you name it we have it we have a great family at hq right now so guys please 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 join and you can listen to this podcast on stitcher itunes spotify anchor Uh, so please give it a like and a retweet would be much muchly appreciated uh great luck with your bets and DraftKings this week guys